Paul Middleton is a professor of New Testament and Early Christianity at the University of Chester in the UK. He's held positions at the Center for Theology and Public Issues in Edinburgh and the University of Wales. His research is focused on the areas of martyrdom and violence, and he's authored three monographs on the subject. I sat down with him to discuss his project on divine violence in the New Testament and early Christianity, done in relation to our overall topic on religion and violence here at CTI. Paul Middleton, thanks for being on the podcast. And as a first question, I'd just like to ask you, as a biblical scholar, how did you initially get interested in this field? So I did uh, an undergraduate degree at uh, Glasgow University, and uh, it was a uh, divinity degree with uh, theology, church history, biblical studies, practical theology. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just as I went through the uh, the study there, uh, biblical studies and in, in particular uh, New Testament uh, kind of really jumped out at me. I mean, the, the idea of reading texts very closely uh, and putting them particularly into their historical context and then how that those texts have, have influenced uh, people cultures through time and also how they're reflected in in great works of art and literature um, it does seem to me that uh, in order to understand quite a lot of modern culture even in a, a time where kind of biblical literacy is on the decline uh, knowledge of the bible is, is really important to understand all sorts of kind of cultural uh, historical and even political events today. Give us some examples of what, what kind of events or, or issues does biblical knowledge uh, help help us address? So, for example, uh, f- films, even uh, as something as, as basic as, as that, uh, play a lot on, on kind of biblical or religious uh, tropes. Uh, even the, the kind of blockbuster epics that, uh, that that tell biblical stories that are quite big today, like uh, the, the Mosey Exodus and, uh, and and Noah, actually treat the text in really interesting ways. And I guess knowing the text uh, that underlies it actually helps uh, appreciate the kind of cultural significance uh, of those films. Uh, even political. So, for example, there's a there's a really interesting uh, cartoon. Uh, where Donald Trump is portrayed as uh, David fighting uh, kind of Goliath, and that really subverts in a very interesting way the kind of idea of you know a multimillionaire uh, playing uh, into that kind of biblical trope uh, uh, as as the kind of the underdog, and a way in which actually the the biblical text uh, kind of helps make a point in a very sharp way uh, that wouldn't be uh, immediately obvious uh, to to people uh, as, a, as a as an idea. One of the things I've appreciated in, in this workshop that you've brought to it is your very historical interpretation of these texts. It's almost as if your goal is to really help us see the otherness of the text, how it many times biblical texts don't confirm what we already think or are very different from what we already think. So maybe speak to that. Is, is that a, a good way to think about how you approach reading? Yeah, so that's my main approach. It's a kind of what called a historical critical uh, approach uh, and and yeah I think it's a, a really good way of putting it that, that these texts are at heart strange but they've been domesticated in, in many ways because of the way in which they're, they're functioned people are used to them they uh, largely know the stories and then come with particular expectations because the texts have been interpreted within a, a canon or within a kind of Christian tradition uh, but actually, when we go back to, to think, well, how did these texts function in uh, their kind of earlier or, or even as so far as we can tell their original setting, then actually these texts are, are like all ancient texts, uh, speak to a different world with different assumptions, uh, with different situations. Uh, and that actually can can 
help us kind of maybe unpick some of the assumptions that we make uh, about the text? So the topic we're focused on is religion and violence in this workshop. And how do you go about reading texts, uh, biblical texts, that are about violence or even enjoin violence uh, on the reader? So, of course, uh, the Bible is, is full of, of violence. And, uh, and one, uh, one thing I think we have to, to do is, is simply accept that and confront it. And, uh, I, and for many people, of course, it's problematic. But to take a, a, a step back, I don't think it's helpful to, to pretend it's not there. So when we go to the, uh, well, even the, the first few chapters of Genesis, you've got, you've got murder, uh, you've, got, uh, you've got the flood, which is, you know, it's not just genocide, that's wiping out virtually all of, all of humanity. And you've got the conquest narratives in, uh, in, 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 in Joshua, where, again, God commands the people, uh, the Israelites, to, to entirely slaughter uh, whole cities. Uh, and those texts are, are, are hugely problematic. Uh, even in the, the New Testament, uh, some of the parables of Jesus, uh, the, the wedding banquet, for example, there's uh, the, the king, when people don't come to his, his, his wedding, goes out and slaughters everyone. Uh, Revelation, of course, has a, a lot of uh, apocalyptic violence where uh, people are tortured by kind of stinging scorpions and eventually thrown in the, the lake, of, lake of fire. And, and those, are all, those are all there. And even if we kind of turn them into to metaphors or say that they're, they're kind of fantasy violence, you know, the, the events uh, in, in Exodus, for example, most biblical scholars would say they're, they're not historical. But nonetheless, they betray an attitude uh, to outsiders. They make a very strong claim to identity. So they're saying uh, there are insiders, uh, and even if the violence isn't real, it's, it's, it's promoting a particular attitude to outsiders. And of course, that's had a, a very damaging effect uh, throughout history, particular, uh, particularly with uh, Christian relationships with with, uh, with Judaism, for example, where um, you know texts like uh, where the, the the people say his blood be on us and on our children uh, has uh, had um, well, catastrophic uh, consequences down through the centuries, as as people have uh, taken that as a cue to enact violence against right. people they consider to be other. So how would you recommend theologians, uh, religious leaders, grapple with such texts, say they come up for the reading of that week? So I think we, we have to con confront the fact that it's there and, uh, and that there is a dark side to uh, sacred scripture. Uh, for people that regard these texts as, as, as scripture, uh, there is a side that we might want to, to protest against and, and, and say, well, actually, uh, we've, we've we have critical faculties in order to say that this is not an attitude uh, that we want to to endorse. It, there is obviously the the task of setting it in its original context, and you know the Book of Revelation, for example, uh, is written um, by a, a group that felt uh, felt persecuted and marginalised in, in the Roman world, and so that uh, manifests itself in this um, over the top violence against the oppressor. And of course, people can take a, a, a liberative view of that uh, without necessarily wanting to enact the violence. It becomes a way of actually challenging uh, the, the, the modes of oppression, uh, but being careful not to, to repeat those uh, or themselves or ourselves. So tell me a bit about the project you've been working on at, at CTI. So the project is uh, looking at the issue of divine violence uh, in the New Testament and, and early Christianity. And by divine violence, what I mean is is violence that's either uh, acted by God or, or or commanded by God, but takes uh, uh, but is 
is uh, perpetrated by uh, human um, actors. So, for example, in the, the Hebrew Bible, uh, there, are, there are instances where God takes direct action against the people generally uh, as, as punishment for, for wrongdoing. Uh, and that's similarly the case in some of the New Testament uh, judgment passages. Uh, but equally, uh, as, uh, as I mentioned the, uh, in the Hebrew Bible, uh, God's people are enjoined to act violently against uh, others. And what we find, although the New Testament uh, doesn't urge people to take up uh, violent action against others, uh, when we move forward in, in church history, uh, people start to take this uh, apocalyptic violence or metaphorical violence and start to actualize it. So by the time uh, that, uh, that, that Christians end up uh, being in power in the Roman Empire, it becomes very easy to simply take up that uh, fantasy violence, that apocalyptic violence, and enact it uh, against uh, outsiders. And what I'm arguing in, in this project is whereas some people will say there's a, a sharp distinction between uh, the attitude to violence in the Hebrew Bible and in the New Testament, which you know, figures as, as early as Marcion in the second century have uh, picked up on, um, I'm arguing actually the violence is still there. There's not quite a, as sharp a, a distinction as, as, as people, uh, people claim. Uh, it's simply transferred to an apocalyptic realm. Uh, and similarly, at the other end of the, the project's timeline, uh, a lot of people will say, well, Christianity was was a kind of pacifistic, uh, peace-loving movement until uh, the Emperor Constantine uh, ruined it. But actually, what I'm arguing is that even in the kind of second and third centuries, uh, you've got instances where, where Christians are quite happy uh, to go to the state to sort out some of the theological problems. And then when it comes into the, uh, the, the, the fourth century, uh, a century in which uh, Christianity moves from being a marginalised, persecuted uh, religion to the the state religion, uh, you start to see uh, in a very literal way uh, violence being enacted and uh, claimed to be uh, God's violence uh, against both Jews and pagans mm. and indeed mm. against people regarded as heretics. And which of the books are you mainly looking at? Which of the texts? Uh, so the the texts are are essentially the the, the New Testament texts. Mm -hmm. uh, although um, I will draw on the, the, the Hebrew Bible as well. And then uh, there's, there's issues of what was the early Christianity's uh, relationship to the state in terms of uh, the army. There's a big debate to the extent to which uh, Christians participated uh, in the army. But then in the fourth century, really interesting discussions uh, between uh, Ambrose and, uh, and Theodosius, uh, the emperor, where uh, Ambrose uh, is defending a Christian mob who have burned down a, a synagogue. Uh, Theodosius, Theodosius wants to uh, the Christians to make reparation, but Ambrose protests that, that you know this is essentially uh, a bad move on on uh, Theodosius's part. Hmm. Uh, but um, he eventually gets his own way. He says, you know, this is a you know you would just be giving the, the Jews a victory over over Christians. God has already condemned this, so you know it's it's uh, it's not really a problem. But then conversely, um, Ambrose uh, stops uh, Theodosius from uh, taking communion after he had uh, participated in a particularly violent act. Uh, and I think what I'm, I'm going to, to argue is that uh, there is within Christianity, obviously because of the, the message of Jesus that, that does challenge uh, violence, that uh, it's, it's appropriate violence. And by appropriate violence, uh, this is obviously appropriate in the, the context of 
uh, of early Christianity. That's violence that uh, early Christians believe is divinely sanctioned. Now, we might obviously want to take issue with that, uh, but uh, there's a really quite interesting interplay at the end of the the 4th century, which I think actually has got some implications for uh, church-state relationships that's uh, gone, gone down through the century. And what do you take from this uh, study of these texts for this more modern uh, question of the relationship of religion and violence? So I, I think it's it's all it's important to be uh, to understand where these tropes come from, uh, and I think that's one of the values of of historical study, um, either to illuminate the present or to help us uh, understand where we are by showing where where we've been. And I think by understanding the impulse of, of you know, it does seem strange to us that, that a, you know, a Christian bishop would be defending the, the destruction of a, of a synagogue by, by a Christian mob. So by understanding how uh, uh, people make sense of that and justify it and think that it's a, a perfectly legitimate uh, thing to do, and then we can actually interrogate some attitudes which may not be as, uh, as, as overt and overtly violent, but actually understand some of the impulses that... and, and Perhaps even catch these attitudes before they before they develop. Uh, unfortunately, there's a lot of material not just in the fourth fourth century backwards, but but from there to to, to help us uh, illuminate uh, this 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 question, and uh, and perhaps these are uh, mistakes that we're, we're destined to keep on making. Uh, but I think by understanding the the origins of of, of this violence violent impulse, uh, we might be able to help. Better, better able to uh, understand hmm. uh, some of these violent impulses in the present. And how has your project been influenced by this this workshop and the collaboration with other other scholars in it? So the other scholars um, are, are are generally looking at violence in the modern world um, and asking questions about uh, mainly about stopping violence. And actually, that's been really helpful as. Uh, as well, helping me to to understand that although I'm looking at uh, violence in the you know the fourth century backwards, that these are important questions and with important implications. And uh, although my, my project will will uh, only look at violence in this, the the ancient world, they do have important and interesting questions and implications uh, for uh, for thinking about violence in the modern world. And I think it's been really uh, useful and helpful uh, and of uh, great value to the opportunity of hearing how some of the ways in which religion and violence plays out currently in the modern world, which I think has actually illuminated some of my, my, my thinking and, uh, and, and seeing parallels um, in, in the, the ancient world. Paul Middleton, thanks for being on the, the podcast. Thank you. To learn more about CTI, visit our website at ctinquiry.org and follow our pages on Facebook and Twitter. Subscribe to this podcast on iTunes and leave us a review.